I like turtles. Welcome back in to another episode of the North Pole Pod. I am Tyler North. I'm Rob Hardesty. And uh, let's all just take a quick breath and uh, feel a little bit relieved that we survived the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. The first and second rounds, uh, as the time that you're going to be listening to this, have been completed. We are recording with the Sunday night round of 32 games still in progress. Um, Marquette, Michigan State, UConn, St. Mary's. I know we've got Miami and Indiana later, Florida Atlantic and the Darlings, Bailey Dickinson. Um, and I believe there's Gonzaga TCU as well later. Um, so there's a couple other games, you know, that still need to be finalized. But for the most part, we've pretty much got a good amount of our Sweet 16 teams already solidified. Um, and as we look back, first of all, we did have a little bit of a golf bet at the end of last episode. We wanted to do closest to the pin um, when it came to uh, we, we golfed on Friday. Uh, so we want to do closest to the pin on the final part three. Rob, you were able to come out victorious. I was. And uh, what was the we, we wanted to the other person would have to put a five dollar future on whatever the other person or whatever Rob Essentially, I put a future on for what Rob wanted. So, Rob, what was your future? Yeah, so I think I threw, first off, a, uh, I want to say a seven iron, about two feet off the pin. Um, <laughs> it was pretty over from there. It's like, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so I was able to come away closest to the pin. So I ended up choosing uh, FAU uh, to advance to the final four. So um, it's shaping up to look pretty good so far, you know, Um yeah, I mean, they've with, got with Duke losing and obviously Purdue being upset. Um, I, I think my chances have increased significantly. Um, like you said, we've had a uh, shit three long days of basketball four now, you know, um, it's it is exhausting. Um, you know, I couldn't be more excited for it. Uh, I woke up in a little bit of a somber mood today, um, you know, but welcome back again. We're excited to get to it. Um, so, yeah, FAU, let's get to the final four um, and cash out. 25 to one odds um, on them to get to the final four. So, uh, so really good odds, uh, you know, for them to get to the final four for yourself. Um, and let's, you know, go ahead and hop right into some things. Uh, it, there were some crazy upsets this weekend. Um, there's been some blowouts as well that we aren't really going to dive into as much. Uh, what we do want to do is, is hop into our naughty and nice list. Um, you know, from what we saw this past weekend, what team really stood out as, as your naughty team and what team, really stood out as your nice team. And I'll kick it off with my naughty uh, and then I'll pass it over to you. My naughty is going to be Purdue. Okay. Um, Purdue lost to Fairleigh Dickinson as a number one seed. Only t- This is only the second time ever. So it only happened once before when UMBC uh, upset Virginia. I think it was back in 2018. 2018. Yep. Yeah. 74, 54. Um, and Fairleigh Dickinson was able to pretty much control Purdue in the entire second half. I think Zach Eady had one field goal attempt in the last 12 minutes, which is absolutely insane to think about. Um, But you got to wonder, this is the third straight year that Purdue has lost to at least a 13 seed in in the tournament. So they lost uh, in 2021. They lost to North Texas in the 413 matchup last year. They lost to last year. They lost in the sweet 16 Yep, yep, to St. Peter's, who was kind of the Cinderella last year, funny enough, from New Jersey. And then this year, the other Cinderella from New Jersey, Fairleigh Dickinson, um, was able to take care of Purdue. So yeah. I, I really wonder, you know, just to touch on on that and in that game in particular, um, you know, they were able to just run five wide. I think every guy was under the six, seven, and, and they just sped up the game, got the uh, backcourt really uh, frazzled, I guess you can say, in regards to to Braden Smith and, and Foster Lawyer, yeah, or I Fletcher think, Lawyer, I, I should say. I think you definitely saw some of that freshman guard play kind of come 
to play out to fruition. A lot of people were worried about that. Um, we talked about it yeah, too. I, I didn't see Purdue exiting this early, but um, you know, I think it did show we were right about them still being the same old Purdue. And um, you know, they, they ultimately didn't have it in that game. And it's interesting. I saw John Rothstein tweet out, um, you know, the upset, potentially the biggest in the tournament, you know, you go back to St. Peter's and just comparing the two positions with FDU, you know, not even supposed to be in the tournament. Yeah. I think that that that's in the, in the sweet 16. That's a big thing is that, you know, Bailey Dickinson lost to Mary Mac in the Northeast conference finals. And because of the NCAA rules where a team has to be established in division one for more than four years, Mary Mac has not been there in the division one, excuse me, for four years. So Fairleigh Dickinson was able to get into the tournament um, because of that. Uh, so, and then they played in the playing game and they were able to beat Texas Southern in the playing game. Um, so it's just a bunch of things that had to go their way, even to get into that position, but big credit to Tobin Anderson He's a guy that first year division one basketball um, came from St. Thomas Aquinas, which is a division two school, brought a couple of his guys with him uh, and, and was able to get, like you said, the, probably the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. They were 23 point dog. I think, uh, I'm pretty sure UMBC was like a 17, 18 point dog when they lost to, or when they beat Virginia, excuse me. So you got to wonder, you know, also if you're Purdue, where do you go from here? You're, you're at, you're pretty much at as high as that you can get as a program. And you've got, you know, a, a really good coach in Matt Painter, at least when the regular season is there. I don't, I don't know what you can do. I don't know what changes you can make. Um, you know, to put yourself in any better position. Yeah, no, I agree. I will say um, I do think Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith are going to be quite an annoyance in the Big Ten for four years, um, you know, having to play them potentially twice a year um, as Maryland fans. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, this was their window or their year to do it, if you will. And um, ultimately, they came up short. So big bust there. Um, we'll take it to my naughty. I don't want to hop around too much, but my naughty or excuse me. Um, yeah, we'll start with the naughty. Um, I'm going to take it in a little bit of a different direction um, to find a little different um, meaning to naughty here, but up in the South region, San Diego state. All right. Um, I guess, should we just touch on the first round? You know, they looked like they struggled a little bit. Um, that was a very close game against Charleston. Um, but after, after their last game, I'm really starting to fall in love with them. Really? Uh, okay. I, I am. Uh, they were suffocating on defense um a rope i mean i was super impressed by their big men they can handle the ball um getting the hands up and leading fast breaks i think they threw it up you know a couple times for that resulted in an alley-oop finish um so they're going to be my naughty pick just because i think they're dogs and um you know they yeah. can keep the game pretty naughty yeah i mean they're going to want to play a naughty style of game against yeah. alabama uh in in the sweet 16 uh in order for them to have a chance in that game you know you talk about san diego state in that defense they have a guy james butler James Butler was voted by the coaches as the defensive player of the year. He didn't win it from the media poll because his teammate, Nathan Mensa won it. So they basically have two defensive players of the year in the mountain West um, on their roster. And also, you know, shout out to San Diego state for holding down the fort for the mountain West, finally getting the monkey off the back. They were Owen eight. I think in the last four years in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so finally, you know, one of those teams was able to win and now they're in the sweet 16. And, and I think they're a great matchup for Bama. You know, I think that, they bring to the table some things that Bama hasn't really experienced in particular from the defensive side. I, I think that they've got the athletes to match up with Bama's athleticism. Cause that's a, a lot of times we, you know, we're diehard Terps fans here and we, we unfortunately saw Bama beat Maryland. Uh, but that was the one thing that stuck out is just how much more athletic they are than Maryland. Uh, so I think that that's going to be an absolute dog fight in Louisville. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on the Bama game now that, that we're kind of on the topic here. 
Um, I felt, you know, we had a, a little bit of a better chance against Bama uh, two years ago. It seemed the team, obviously, um, Brandon Miller was a little bit unquestionable. And I think we were rooting for, you know, not quite 100% and he ends up having a pretty good day. I think he ended up with 20 points or so. Um, yeah, it, it was a tough game. Um, we were we were reading the under from a mile away there, which ended up hitting pretty comfortably. Um yeah. Tough loss for the Terps, but good run. Um, you know, I, I mean, you, Kevin Willard first year with the program got to the NCAA tournament, got a win over West Virginia. I don't think any of us Terps fans really saw that coming when when the hire was made that we would you know see, uh, see I guess flourish or see the fruits of your labor this this early on. You know, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't. If we got to the tournament this year, awesome, that's a successful year. But the fact that they got a win as well is just the cherry on top of a great season, and I think that it's really laid the foundation for years to come. Um, for the Terps. And I think, you know, the Terps are are, are in good hands. But yeah, I, I agree. You know, two years ago, that back in 2021, when Maryland played Bama in, in the round of 32, that team was three or die. This team has the ability to go inside with Bidiaco and Gurley and Clowney and Pringle. They can stroke it outside with, like you and said, Quinterly's on, you know, Quinterly, um, Bradley, Mark Sears. They are absolutely loaded. And it's just, it's so tough to beat a team like that when you don't have anywhere near the arsenal uh, that they have and and this team also is top three I think may, definitely top five maybe top three uh, in deficiency and in, in defensive efficiency excuse me so not only are they able to do it on the offensive side but defensively they're absolutely polar opposites from where they were uh, back in 2021 yeah. but but don't want to talk too much on that um, let's get to our nice list uh, for my nice team um, I think you know with my nice team I'm gonna go with K-State Okay. We just watched K-State take care of Kentucky. Um, and, and I would say in the nice theme, I love what they're doing. Uh, you know, you, you see Jerome Tang vibing with the guys, bumping a uh, little baby before the game in the locker room. They've got the clap and everything else going on. Um, they've just got the vibes right where they need to be right now. And they were able to take care of Kentucky. We watched Marquis Snow absolutely dominate this game from his vision with his passing to his three-point ability to, to drain threes that were highly contested threes. And then you saw uh, Masood and Keontae Johnson hit two ridiculous threes down the stretch to clinch that game for the Wildcats. So shout out to Jerome Tang and the Kansas State Wildcats on making the Sweet 16. This is a team that was predicted to finish last in their conference. And now they go from the little apple of Manhattan to the big apple in New York City where they'll be playing in the Sweet 16 against the winner of Michigan State Marquette. I like it, yeah. Um, you mentioned it, Marquise Noel. He was he was clutch. Um, he had, I mean, endless highlight reels with behind-the-back pass, in-between-the-legs pass, um, three after three, just stone cold down the stretch. Um, he was really impressive, and obviously you got some key, you know, pieces down late with uh, Masood hitting a big three and, and um, you know, Keontae Johnson as well. Um, it's shaping up pretty nice for them. I, I do like that as your nice pick um, to to be a little different. I'm just going to stick with my Houston Cougars. I thought they had a pretty impressive win against um, Auburn last night. Um, hanging on, Sasser coming back, looked pretty good. Um, it could be shaping up for them. So I'm just going to slot them for my nice pick after the uh, first two rounds. Yeah, and I think that that was a big win for Houston. You know, they were down 41-31, 10 points at half. They were able to fight back. That defense really clamped down um, on the Auburn attack. And it was a, virtually a, a road game for Houston. You know, this yep. game, that game was in Birmingham along with the Alabama-Maryland game, but it was in Birmingham, which is about two hours from the Auburn campus. So the fact that Houston was able to get past that, um, I, I think is really key for them. And and I think, you know, looking ahead, 
yeah, Texas is still in it, and yeah, Xavier is still in it. That's going to be a great Sweet 16 matchup. Um, but they, they're they right where they need to be. You know, they're going to be playing in the Midwest, in Kansas City. And if it is Houston and Texas, I mean, it's pretty much even fan base, I would say, as far as proximity to the arena. Now, obviously, Texas has a much larger fan base than Houston. Uh, but that'll be a dandy to watch. And, you know, the winner of Miami and Indiana is going to take on Houston in Kansas City. So that'll be really great to watch. Uh, but let's, top, let, let's hop into our brackets. Um, I can let you know right now, first of all, I do have one final four team out. I was so high on the Duke blue devils. I thought that Duke was going to make this miraculous run to, uh, to, to this, not only sweet 16, but then the final four, because if they got to the sweet 16, it's in Madison square garden. And that's where all the Duke fans are located is up in New York, Connecticut, and Jersey. They have a huge following, if not a larger following there than they do in North Carolina, which is crazy to think about. Um, so I, that, that that's the first thing that really stood out to me is that I was, you know, definitely wrong there. And I think collectively we both were wrong on Tennessee. Um, you know, Tennessee was able to come in this game, really punch Duke in the mouth, literally and figuratively. Uh, you saw Filipowski take an elbow right under his eye. Um, you saw, I think it was Proctor or Granderson. Some, somebody else took another elbow as well. So they got beat up in that yeah, game, and it, Tennessee was definitely the aggressor. It, it was very physical. You know, they got to Filipowski. You know, you mentioned the elbow to the face. Um, I think, you know, two plays before that early on, he was getting bumped. Um, it, it, you know, Tennessee definitely disrupted them. And like you said, it, it looked, you know, it certainly felt that Duke had a run and, and you kind of just that extra sixth sense that, you know, it was going to shape up to break their way. Um, I don't hate them falling out. You know, unfortunately for you, you lose a final four pick there. Um, we, we forgot to mention Arizona. Um, so I, I had them in the Elite Eight. That was probably my biggest hit of the day. Um, and I think it busted a lot of people's brackets. I don't think anybody saw uh, Princeton winning one game, you know, let alone two games here to advance to the Sweet 16. Um, well, and we highlighted a couple of 15 seeds. You know, we highlighted Colgate in the previous episode. We even mm-hmm. talked about Vermont as well in the previous episode as teams that might be able to get that that upset because yep. we're starting to see this. That's the thing that I love about college basketball nowadays is the parity that's involved in the game and you see it every single year with a nail you know a 15 seed this is the third straight year a 15 seed will not only win a game but now in the sweet 16 you had oral roberts uh in, 2021. in 2021 and then yep. last year you had saint peter's making a lead eight run we'll see what princeton can do against the winner of creighton and baylor um but yeah i, I totally agree you know that and it's so it's so crazy to think about because this is an arizona team that literally five days before that beat UCLA in a crazy game in the Pac-12 finals in Vegas. And then they turn around and play probably the worst game of the year against Princeton. Princeton just dropped, you know, they were just shooting three after three after three, whether they were contested or not. There was no inside game to Balo and to Bellis, which is where they should have had the advantage. I know it's just a poor game plan. And this is the second year in a row we've seen Arizona bow out early. Now, Tommy Lloyd is doing an incredible job. The former assistant, at Gonzaga, he's doing an incredible job. He's only been there two years, and they've won, I think, over 60 games in those two years. So incredible job, but got to make these deeper runs yep. um, in the tournament. So I, I definitely agree with you, you know, that that Arizona was a hit to a lot of people. I actually had them losing to Utah State, so it didn't hurt me as bad. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think really hit, and this is a part where we were, we were wrong, but me in particular, was Kent State. Kent State I had marked as one of my darlings of the dance. Uh, I thought that they were going to make a Sweet 16 run. They did not come out to play against Indiana. Yeah, it was a little bit close there at halftime, but Indiana in particular, Trace Jackson Davis really showed why he is, in my opinion, he might be the best player in America. I know ED won player of the year, but Trace Jackson Davis almost had a triple-double in the first game, and it's going to be awesome to watch him tonight against Miami. Um, 
but yeah, that, that was just a game that I was wrong. And we were both wrong on Drake. Yeah. I mean, Drake, that was tough. Uh, you know, I thought they had it there towards the end. They, they, they crumbled a little bit. Um, it was a tough sweat to see them fall short. Um, you know, Miami, Indiana, it's going to be, um, pretty interesting. I, 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 again, I agree with you in Indiana for whatever reason, my gut's telling me Miami here. Um, Indiana, again, with the compliments of race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis in the first round, um, was, was pretty good. I think, um, yeah, Trace Thompson had like 20 or 22 points. 20, in that game. I want to say he led the team. Um, so there you go. The, fr- a- the front, the front court had, you know, 40, 45, something like that combined in that first game. D- despite that, you know, Hood Shafina didn't have a great game. He was kept to, to single digits. I'm just not convinced they're Indiana. I'm not either that, that game against Kent state, while it was, you know, a, a very good win for them. I don't know if that changes my opinion all that much about them. You know, this Miami team is, is completely different. Norchad O'Meara down low is going to be an absolute force. And it's going to be a tough matchup for Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson. And then Jordan Miller at the four as well is a very difficult because he's a very versatile four that can shoot outside. He can bring Thompson outside and he can back it in, in down low. And the guard play at Miami it, with, with Isaiah Wong um, and uh, the transfer from Kent State. I'm blanking on him. Is it Norman Powell? Yeah, Norman Powell. Those Both those guys can hang with Hood Shafino. Uh, and, and I think it's I think it's a great matchup. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. But I lean Miami as well um, in this game, which, you know, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know whether or not we were yeah, right or whether or not we'll, we were wrong. We'll see how this plays out. Um, like you said, we're recording halftime of Michigan State. Marquette actually looks like the second half just tipped off. We're uh, at odds here at this game. Yeah, I have Michigan State. Yeah. You have you have Marquette in your final four. I actually yep. have Michigan State in my sweet 16 in our bracket. Um, so that would that would get me back a little bit. Uh, for for some of the the bad picks that I've had so far, and then the other game on right now is St. Mary's and UConn. A great game. I have UConn going all the way to the Elite Eight. Um, in another game, you know that we were both right about when we look back at this right and wrong, is the Arkansas game. I know I've got some Kansas listeners. I know that my fiance is a diehard Jayhawks fan. Uh, but we saw this coming. You know, Bill Self out for yeah. the back to back games. He was out for the Big Twelve tournament. It was anticipated he was going to come back for the Sweet 16 if they got there. Uh, but we both picked Arkansas in our bracket. I think we both liked the athleticism that they possess, you know, in particular Nick Smith, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh. Um, they they had the athletes to keep up with Kansas, and they were able to pull it out down the stretch with some key free throws. And yeah, okay. yeah I, the, the only other thing I was going to say on, um, on one other thing uh, that I think we both got right was Furman. Um, Furman got the big upset second game of the day that JP Pegas uh, hit a three with two seconds left to beat Virginia. And that was a guy that I, I mentioned, you know, in the, in the first episode, it's a guy that they brought in uh, that they didn't have on last year's team to compliment Slauson and Bothwell. And you saw that Bothwell fouled out of that game and they were still able to win. Yes. Slauson was who they went to down the stretch, but Peggy's had the shot. Uh, that'll be, Talked all around Greenville for the end of time. I'm glad you brought that game up. There's so much basketball to get to, and somehow we we uh, overlooked it in the beginning. But um, yeah, Furman won the day. I think um with that shot on Thursday um early on, Kihei Clark maybe one of the worst plays I think you could make in 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 his last basketball game ever. Um, I'm sure that's eaten him up. Yeah, yeah, we Kihei- we saw we saw if you were unfamiliar with it, Kihei Clark had the ball in the corner. And instead of either calling a timeout or trying to take a foul or even a five second call, uh, what he did was he took the ball and just threw it as far as he could, I guess, toward the other end of the hoop. And there was a Furman guy just waiting right at midcourt to catch it, pass it to Pegues, and Pegues hit the three uh, to win the game for Furman. 
So yeah, absolutely boneheaded play by Kihei Clark. And like you said, probably the last play of his career. And that's what we're going to have to remember him by, which is crazy to think about because if you remember, I think it was his freshman year when Virginia won it all, he had a key uh, rebound off of a free throw that he was able to get up to Diakite, who hit the shot against Purdue in the Elite Eight that pushed the game to overtime. And then Virginia won and went to the Final Four and, and then ended up winning it all. Uh, so he had a, an extremely memorable moment in his career, and then that one might, you know, overshadow it a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm I'm over UVA, you know, obviously excluding the championship in 19, right? Um, in similar fashion, you talked about Purdue's uh, early exits, Virginia. Um, well, s- same way, bowing out like that, and you know, Tony Bennett, excuse me, Tony Bennett, and the uh, the Wahoos have been very disappointing, I think, you know, in um in the in the early rounds of 64. Well, yeah, outside the the game that outside the championship run, I think it was 2021. I want to say they lost to was it Ohio in the first round, or maybe yeah, I think it was Ohio they lost in the first round in 2021. Uh, and then obviously this year they lose to Furman. And then we talked about it in 2018, uh, when they lost to uh to UNBC, you know, the first 16 beating a one. Um, but those were just a couple of the highlights that we saw. One thing that we were also right about, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, Iowa State. We talked about how bad Iowa State was and how no matter who they played, I would be picking against them. And sure enough, they played Pitt and they were able to and and Pitt was able to to absolutely dominate them. I mean, that game was 22 to two, I think, at one point, and they ended up winning it by almost 20 points in the end. It got a little close by, you know, it was five or six or so there for a minute in the first half, but really and truly. They absolutely just dominated them. And it's because Iowa State went one for 20 or something like that from three. And uh, they, they aren't able to hit shots. They turn the ball over. They get their best player in foul trouble early on in Gabe Kalsher. They just weren't able to recover from it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they they looked so good against that game and then play Xavier this morning and look like a completely different team. Um, Xavier, very impressive. Pittsburgh, a lot of turnovers, um, sloppy, not hitting shots. Um, unfortunately, you know, their, their run comes to an end here. Yeah. And Xavier had a close call in the first, first round, you know, Kennesaw state was up 13, I think 15, they were 51 36 with, you know, about 12 minutes left in that game and, and absolutely blew it. Uh, Xavier was able to, to ride Sully boom and, um, and Jack Nungy and company to, to a victory in that game. I think all five of their starters ended up with at least 12 points or more Sully boom, especially with his first, uh, made field goal in the. I mean, halfway through the second half, I think he had one point in the first half. So that was the game um, today against, against yeah, Pitt. Today. Yeah. So yeah. great response by Xavier. Um, I think, you know, if Texas will see how this plays out, if they advance, I think that'll be a fun matchup between those two teams. Yeah, it absolutely will. I, you, you, and, and just to touch on Texas, you know, the, the Penn State dream run does end. But man, what a season for Micah Shrewsbury and, and the Penn State Nittany Lions. Jalen Pickett was an absolute All-American and he deserved every recognition that he got. Um, the outside shooting of Lundy and Funk and Dread was absolutely lethal uh, for them. Kept them in that game. Really thought they were going to have a chance to win that game against Texas. Texas was able to come out on top. Uh, but yeah, I just I do want to give some kudos to Penn State because it was an incredible season for them, making the Big Ten championship uh, and, and winning a game in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they shot the lights out round one. Jake Funk went eight for ten from three. Andrew Funk, um, but Jake Funk, me. Jake Funk is Jake a Funk, former shout Turp. out Terp. Um, yeah, excuse me, uh, Andrew Funk. Um, eight for 10, um, that was a difference maker. You know, I think he made two, um, yesterday against Texas. So, um, yeah, God, he's so ugly, but and so annoying when he was making <laughs> those threes, um, but great run by them. And I guess, uh, stay tuned on Micah Shrewsbury as possibly now that they're out, 
um, if there's a head uh, coach vacancy filled in uh, Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown is a name. Notre Dame uh, is, is another name to keep in mind. And also, over the weekend, we did have a coaching move. Rick Pitino has gone from Iona to St. John. So Rick Pitino is going to be back in the Big East next year. And that's going to be awesome to watch. Um, UConn did take care of Iona. Uh, and like we said, UConn is currently playing right now against St. Mary's for a chance to go to the Sweet 16. Um, other than that, you know, I guess other takeaways, you know, Baylor and Creighton did what they needed to do. Uh, Missouri was able to take care of Utah State. Tennessee, we talked on them a little bit. Michigan State was able to take care of USC. Nobody's really talking about UCLA. Uh, they did have a close contest against Northwestern last night, mm-hmm. um, but they they look and as good, good or better. They, yeah, they, they, they look great um, so far. So, you know, those were our major our major takeaways um, and, and our major upsets. We talked on one of our best finishes. Uh, we, I do want to get to a couple other ones. TCU and Arizona State. Uh, Jacoby Coles had a game-winning runner, uh, you know, with two seconds left in that game to, to propel TCU to the victory. One of the things, TCU has the most transition points in college basketball. And one thing I noticed in that game was I don't think they had any. They might have had two or four, but they were very, very few fast break points and transition points, which is what they thrive off as. And, you know, they're going to be playing Gonzaga here later on tonight. And that's one of the things that I'm going to look out for is can they get the transition points? This is going to be an up and down game because both teams love to play offense. Absolutely. But I think that that's going to be something to watch. And then uh, really quickly, the, the other crazy finish that we saw on Friday night, FAU and Memphis, absolute insane ending, went back and forth, back and forth. DeAndre Williams was putting Memphis on his back. Kendrick Davis had a nasty ankle injury that I think hobbled him. We saw some of the Memphis players fighting on the bench during the game. Uh, FAU was able to hit a game-winning shot. Yeah, Nick Boyd. Nick Boyd was able to hit a game-winning shot. Great play design uh, by the coaching staff at, at, at Florida Atlantic, um, and, and they were able to, to get a layup. You know, pretty much as time expired, I think Memphis had a shot, missed it. And as they missed it, you saw Penny Hardaway take his water bottle and throw it uh, toward the the the, the baseline. Um, so bad way for Memphis to go out. I was on Memphis. You were on FAU. You came away victorious. And that's the big thing with that game is you knew going into that game that whoever won was playing fairly Dickinson. So you were going to have a great chance at getting to the Sweet 16 if you win that game. And I think that both teams treated that game like it was their championship. Uh, and it showed, you know, in the final score and, and how it ended and all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, I was, you know, in particular looking forward to that game. Um, did you, was, did, yeah. did, did, did you, all right, real quick with that game, because Kendrick Davis and, and Nick, um, Alex Lomax are calling timeout. And it looked like Hardaway, Hardaway Jr. had the ball in his possession as they were calling timeout and didn't get the possession granted. And what happened was it went to the possession arrow, went to a jump ball mm-hmm. in which FAU had the possession arrow. And that's how they were able to retain the ball and win the game. I'm biased. I thought the timeout should have been granted. It wasn't FAU wins. Uh, and that's, that's all you can say. I, I agree with you there. You know, this was honestly, you know, in a sense, a coin flip game, Um, you know, and it, you know, it showed the result. It was a one point difference ultimately between these two teams. Um, It was a great, great game, I think, you know, but um, you know, sometimes that's how the breaks go. That's March. And um, fortunately for me, you know, FAU was able to, to advance. Yeah, absolutely. So let's recap, um, you know, what we've got so far into the Sweet 16. So Alabama is going to be taking on San Diego State. If you listen to last pod's episode, I did say San Diego State was going to beat Alabama. So if that does happen, uh, I, I expect some kudos in regards <laughs> to that prediction. Uh, I think Alabama does take care of business. Uh, and then Princeton in, in the bottom half of the South is going to take on the winner of Creighton and Baylor. Um, moving on down, Tennessee is going to play the winner of Fairleigh Dickinson and Florida Atlantic. And then Kansas State will play the winner of Michigan State and Marquette. Both of those games will be in Madison Square Garden in New York City. 
As we move over to the Midwest, Houston is going to take on the winner of Miami and Indiana. That'll be played later tonight. And then Xavier and Texas will match up. Uh, both of those games will be in Kansas City. And then finally in the West, we've got Arkansas moving on to play the winner of St. Mary's and UConn. And then UCLA will take on the winner of TCU and Gonzaga. And that those games will be played in Las Vegas. So one of the things we, we did last episode is we did a little bit of a draft. Uh, and I, and I want to take that a step further. And let's do a, let's do a little bit of a draft today. And what we're going to do today is we're going to draft our final four teams. So we're going to have technically, as of this saying right now, uh, I guess there's you know 20 or 22 teams that are still alive. But we're going to pick which teams we think are going to make the farthest run. Um, obviously, we might pick some teams that might be eliminated tonight. Um, but the winner of this uh, is what, what did we decide that the winner is going to be? We wanted to have some fun. We were trying to go back and forth on maybe an, another risk-free wager or something. I don't know if you want to open it up to yeah. What any we'll do listeners is... if they want to throw something in the comments or something, and and we'll we'll come you know act that out. Well, um, I think I think what we should do is the winners going the the whoever loses will have to put a five dollar wager for the winner on whatever team they want to win it all. Uh, because at that point in time, we will be in the final four and we'll know who got the most final four picks right um but i'm gonna let you go first i'm gonna let you kick things off you got closest to the pin uh so you won that bet so have at it who's your first pick in the snake draft for final four we're only gonna draft four by the way uh for this so who's your first pick um you know princeton scares me a little bit in bama's region um yeah that's a great joke <laughs> if princeton were to take down alabama man we would have to do something on this pod with, with that being said i i do think uh the san diego state bama matchup is going to be exciting i'm with you bama advances um i'm going to take them one one to to represent the team from the south region and i think that's a great pick i i, I mean you, you can't go wrong with taking bama they are the in my opinion they're the favorite to win it all right now i know coming in houston had the best odds uh, to win it all, but but I think Bama has kind of shown in the first couple of games that they are the force that we thought they were. Um, with my first pick, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, Houston's the other one seed that's still left. You know, two one seeds have been kicked out, um, and Houston's the one left. I do like that they're going to be playing the winner of Miami and Indiana. I think that they've got a matchup no matter what the the. Um, I think they've got a better matchup no matter who wins that game. Um, so I'm going to take Houston as my one one, and then coming back. The second team I'm going to take, I'm going to take UCLA. Okay. Um, UCLA is coming out of the West. I know that they're a little bit banged up. You saw Dembona playing with a mask. Jalen Clark is obviously out. Chris Singleton sprained his ankle, but it is not broken, according to uh, Mick Cronin. So that's great news there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bruins. I like the style. I like the defense. You got the seniors with Haquez and Tiger Campbell, Chris Singleton. You've got the flares uh, from the freshmen in regards to Amari Bailey and a Dembona. So I, I really like – uh, UCLA as as my second pick. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously they've already advanced. Um, so from that West region, I'm gonna take Gonzaga. You know, obviously they still have one more game to play to get past UCLA. Um, but I'm gonna well, go to, to get to UCLA. Excuse me, to get UCLA. Um, but I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. I think if they can beat TCU, I think they might have a nice a nice draw to the Final Four. So I'm gonna go with Gonzaga there for my number two. And I've got Gonzaga. Winning it all in my bracket. Yep. So if Gonzaga were to make the final four, I think I would be okay. A with little that. bit of a steal, you know. Um, yeah, I was surprised when you went with UCLA against your uh against your bracket. Well, pick. I did it because UCLA's already into the next round. Yeah. Whereas Gonzaga still has a game to play, and it's March, and you never know what can happen. Even though we both think that they're going to beat TCU this evening. Again, and, and yeah, and I'll move on to my third pick here. And, and again, it's harder to 
to pick a team that's still playing and, and hasn't yet advanced to the Sweet t- 16, excuse me. But I'm going to try and keep it true to my bracket. Um, with Houston being the other team in my Final Four now being off the board, I'm going to go with Marquette. I'm going to hope they can um, edge out Michigan State um, and then, you know, face Kansas State to advance to the Elite Eight. And hopefully my boys FAU and Marquette will match up and uh, I'll be uh, a win-win position there. Yeah. So with my third pick, I'm going to double down here in the Midwest and I'm going to go with Texas. Uh, I'm hoping that it's a Texas-Houston matchup and then I'll definitely have one one team in the Final Four. Um, I love what the Longhorns are doing. You know, they lost Chris Beard, uh, but Rodney Terry has absolutely righted the ship, if not then some. Um, and with the leadership of Marcus Carr, Serge Jabari Rice is playing incredible off the bench. Timmy Allen looks like he's back healthy. Uh, I really like this Texas team, and I think they've got all the pieces to make a deep run, um, you know, into into this tournament. And then for my final pick, you know, this is a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with the UConn Huskies. I'm hoping that UConn can come away victorious here against St. Mary's, uh, and, and I'm hoping that they can get this win. And then once again, I'm kind of doubling down in that region as well. So if you're looking at your bracket, I've pretty much picked everybody on the right side. I'm hoping I can get two of those in and maybe that'll beat you. Um, but who who do you have as your I, final I, pick? I don't hate that strategy. So I might have to piggyback off that, especially with um, a couple of my picks being um, taken. Uh, I'll go with FAU. You know, I'll double down from the East. Again, that Marquette FAU matchup, um, either way, I'm going to get one of those two teams if they can face each other. So you got to hope FAU can take care of fairly Dickinson though. You know, I wouldn't be sleeping on, uh, on fairly Dickinson. Yeah. Tobin Anderson and the boys might come out ready to roll against FAU. They've already done their laundry, so they're good to go. Yeah. You, you never know. Um, I think the line is minus 16. Um, I love it though. Uh, I really do like it. I think we both took them in uh, the first half minus eight. I believe that's our pod pick of the day. Um, so I took them first half and total game to to lay the points. So um awesome. We'll awesome. So just to recap, my my four are Houston, Texas, uh, UConn and UCLA, and then your four are Gonzaga, Marquette, Alabama, and FAU. Let's um, book it. As far as looking ahead and looking forward, so next weekend, Thursday and Friday are gonna be your sweet 16 games. You're gonna have, I believe, uh, is it four games? each night Thursday Friday yep so you have four games on uh Thursday and then four games on Friday you're gonna have two at seven and two at nine rough estimated times and then on Saturday and Sunday um you're gonna have one at seven one at nine and then one at three and one at six I think uh on Sunday so this is gonna be an awesome weekend we've got an exciting time coming up we're gonna do another episode um after the the next round of games previewing the final four recapping the elite eight and sweet 16 um, other than that, though, any other final thoughts right now that, that you know, you're thinking of, you know, as we move ahead and, and move into kind of the stretch run of the season? Um, yeah, I, I my last probably thought here is, uh, you know, the Blue Bloods uh, bloodbath, right? Duke leaving, um, Kentucky falling. We have Michigan State still playing. Hopefully they fall. In my case, we'll see how it plays out with Marquette. Um, and then, yeah, the fourth team there, Kansas. So um, tough, tough night um, there for the Blue Bloods. Um, we'll see. We'll see if we can get a first time national championship head coach. You know, I think there's two left. It's Izzo. And um, who else do we have here? Yeah, I'm not even sure. I guess Scott Drew still left. Scott and Drew is, with and Izzo yeah. are, are the only two coaches remaining that that have won a national championship. And you look at guys like that have been around for a while, like a Kelvin Sampson, um, like a McDermott. Um, like Brian Dutcher's been there at San Diego State for a little while. Rick Barnes going for his first championship. Then you got new guys like Jerome Tang and Nate Oates, 
Uh, Mark Few going for his first title as well. So there's a lot of guys that have been around a while that are looking for that first win. And then some guys that are, you know, fresh to the scene that, that have some teams playing really good caliber. But yeah, that that pretty much does it here at the North Pole Pod. Um, you know, give us a follow on Instagram. We're going to be starting Twitter and TikTok here soon. We're going to be uh, starting up a website as well in the coming months. Um, but other than that, that's it for us here. Have a great upcoming week and we will see you after the Elite Eight and Sweet 16.